Hello, this is Gary from VR Roundtable, and this podcast is the audio from an episode of our Deep Dive series of videos on our YouTube channel, which can be found at youtube.com forward slash VR Roundtable. Thanks for listening. Hello, this is Gary from VR Roundtable again here with another deep dive. And in this one, I wanted to talk a little bit about a subject which I've mentioned briefly during our weekly shows, our weekly roundtables um, on VR Roundtable. And this is, is VR being hindered by the baggage of gaming? Now, we all know at this stage, and I've mentioned it numerous times before, that VR's primary focus in the consumer arena is gaming at the moment. That's where most sales are taking place. That seems to be where most consumers have an interest in virtual reality. It's also the area where it's primarily being shown off uh, in gaming. Now, given that VR is mainly aimed at gamers at the moment, with that comes a certain amount of expectation from seasoned gamers. And we all know what a game is meant to be in 2017 and a lot of us have grown up with games all our lives and if something doesn't match up to that expectation it can be disappointing. Now this is really down to my point. I wonder if the expectation of gaming is damaging VR's opportunity to grow in a natural and organic way. We are always complaining of short and limited content in VR, short games, short experiences, and the big releases are sort of relatively few and far between compared to traditional monitor games. But the thing with traditional gaming is that it had a slow and gradual growth over the past 40 years. It's got 40 years worth of history um, that has got us to this point in 2017. And, you know, when we first managed to get games like Pong uh, in our own home, there was very little expectation of what a video game should be. We were just shown this device, uh, this home console, which was more or less a, a Pong machine. And this was what we were told gaming is. You know, you add a bat and a ball on either side, and that is gaming. That is what video games is all about. But slowly, as the 80s progressed, um, you had a lot of different types of games coming out. Um, and the types of games that were being made for home computers and consoles evolved in a way um, to match what our expectations were we were constantly being shown new things so my point is that video games had a natural and organic growth which had also a gradual evolution which changed alongside our own ideas of what a video game should be VR is a technology that's pretty much being slotted in to fit the expectations of gaming within 2017. It's not just technology for gaming, but that's where the primary consumer focus is at this time. So it's having to fit in with the expectation of what gaming is in 2017 without necessarily having a period of growth behind it, which uh, allows it to develop on its own sort of natural timeline. VR is being thrown into the deep end with all of this baggage from 40 years of gaming hanging around its neck. It's sort of being told you need to sink or swim and I'm not sure it's being given enough time to evolve and prove itself in the uh, sort of specific areas in which it excels. Now when you look at VR at the moment you can compare it to where we were 
um, sort of in, in the 80s with gaming. Now, when you look back in the UK in the early 80s, um, when sort of microcomputers were fir- first launched to home consumers, you had things like um, the Dragon 32, you had uh, the Commodore VIC-20, and then that progressed onto the Commodore 64, which was a very popular machine, uh, the Spectrum, the Amstrad, all of these computers were released in the early 80s. But what would happen is you'd have all these uh, people, and a lot of them were actually teenagers, very young uh, people that were that were programming their own games on these home uh, microcomputers. And what they would do is they'd, they'd just program them on their own. It'd take them a couple of weeks to make a game. Then they'd send them off to publishers who would then uh, accept them and pay the developer maybe a couple of hundred pounds uh, just so that they could distribute it in, in shops of the time. Now, when you look at this, these were like um, the the indiest of indie developers really at this time there were sort of one teams of one person usually sometimes one or two people making games and sending them off they were doing it in their bedrooms after school you know you had teenagers of 14 15 years old that were making games that were being purchased by these publishers but as the games progressed over the past few decades We've now got teams of hundreds and hundreds of people making a single title. It's evolved to this point over the course of sort of 35, 40 years. We've got to this point now. And as we continue, can we expect these teams to continue to grow as well? Or will there become a point where sort of purely before logistical reasons, uh, where we hit some kind of plateau on gaming development? Because you can coordinate hundreds of people to make a, get a title, but even that logistically is very difficult to do. So coordinating teams of many, many thousands of people as gaming continues to grow at some point in the future, you know, 10 years, 15, 20 years down the line, are we going to have these teams of thousands and thousands and thousands, you know, 10,000 people making a single title just to keep up with the expectation and the demand of the types of games we want? We want bigger open worlds, more content, deeper immersion, better mechanics, better graphics. So I wonder if we're going down this path, if we could somehow use VR as maybe a kind of reboot uh, for the games industry. When you look back at what I've just mentioned in terms of the early 80s, where I was talking about all of these teenagers who were developing uh, games at home, just in their bedrooms, and then sending them off to publishers, we're seeing a lot of that in VR now. We're seeing a lot of... uh, development teams of just one or two people making titles in VR. A lot of people are excited by the the prospect and the potential of VR at this stage um, in gaming, but also in other areas. But it's an easy way to jump in at this stage. And all this of uh, development teams of just one or two people, it arcs all the way back to the gaming, early gaming of the early 80s. And in some ways, this is an exciting thing to happen. And, you know, if you are a developer or you want to get into the development of virtual reality gaming, then this is really the perfect time to start doing that. There's a lot of people jumping on board at this stage, but there are very few titles that that, uh, raise the head above the water and, and that people really take notice of. So although we've got a lot of titles being released and a lot of it is sort of not particularly great content at this stage um it's being programmed by people that are just this is their first foray into development of video games and they're choosing vr in order to take these steps so if you want to get into development of vr at the moment then it's a good place to be in terms of getting support um, because a lot of people are in the same boat. And also, if you do come up with a title which is just that little bit better than the average, then you can easily stand out among a, a sea of sort of average games. 
And this gets me to my point of what is VR being hindered by gaming, these 40 years of gaming. Because when we complain of all of these average or below average, below par games that are being released on VR, maybe we do need to change our expectations of games and not necessarily put it in the same category of games of traditional games of 2017. Now, I'm looking forward to huge VR titles like Fallout 4 um, as much as the next person, but we also, maybe we need to rein in our expectations overall of what VR is at this time. Uh, At least just for the next few years, we need to give it a chance to grow naturally and develop alongside our own expectations, which aren't relying so much on what we see from 40 years worth of video game history. And it's sort of disappointing in some ways because we do want these big titles but if we're not there yet there's no point in pushing for them and constantly saying that maybe uh, VR just isn't here we're not getting the development as the market grows as it grows organically and the market increases then bigger developers will start to take notice and I'm really hoping titles like Fallout 4 will prove that there is a market you know we've already seen somewhat the success of Resident Evil 7 um, in terms of VR they had quite a large player base playing that through that game in VR so uh, that would that was pointing in all the right directions I'd say but yeah I just worry that we're placing too much of a focus on what we see as gaming in 2017 and applying that to VR at this early stage. Uh, Maybe we need to take a step back and just uh, give it a little bit more of a chance to thrive over the next two, three, four years maybe um, and then take it from there, see what we get at that point. Anyway, that's uh, pretty much all I wanted to say on this video. Um, If you've got any comments about what I've spoken about in this uh, video, then please leave a comment below. Like and subscribe to the channel as always, that's appreciated. Um, And I'll speak to you next time. Thank you.